Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Prasanna Singaraju. Uh, he's the engineering chief and CTO of a company called Quintelli. And it's spelled Q-E-N-T-E-L-L-I.com. That's the website. So, Prasanna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Richard. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming. So, tell me uh, a little bit about Quintelli. What's the uh, premise of the company? Uh, so, when we founded Quintelli, there was really three things that we wanted to do, and we wanted to do well. We wanted to be intelligent about our digital solutions. Uh, we wanted quality and engineering to be the prime of everything that we did. Uh, three words, a few beers, uh, and, a, and a cocktail napkin uh, basically made that name happen. We are in the digital transformation slash digital acceleration space. We help companies with automation as the means for continuous delivery across enterprises. Okay. Um, what, what are some specifics of what you do? I, I'm not sure uh, exactly what that means. So we uh, we help companies with uh, digital transformation, which basically entails uh, transforming their legacy applications or applications built on older technology stacks, and uh, we help them re-engineer them on the cloud, re-architect them, and uh, basically re-platform them, essentially, in a sense. And part of that uh, sometimes entails taking them on the CI and CD journey, which is the continuous integration and continuous de- deployments, uh, also known as DevOps in some cases, taking them on that journey. And we specialize in automated testing, uh, which is the quality engineering aspect of it. And we bring a lot of intelligence through metrics that we collect across the engineering lifecycle from a wide variety of tools. And we have a, a AI-driven correlation engine that can actually provide a smart, intuitive uh, factors that can actually help them make those data-driven decisions. So what are, what are some industries you see that are uh, desperately in need of this? And what kind of uh, solutions have you helped bring to them? Uh, so the industries, uh, we, one thing that we've always been or we've always believed is we are agnostic to the industry uh, and the technology. Our focus is anyone who has a technology, anyone who has custom applications uh, that they develop, mobile applications it could be, or uh, any kind of packaged applications, and want to have higher speed in delivering applications, uh, they will be uh, benefiting from the solutions that we offer. Uh, we've, we've served uh, customers from banking and financial services, BFSI as they call it. Uh, we've held low-cost airlines uh, or general airline space. We worked with retail. Uh, we worked with quick service restaurants, and we worked with uh, smaller uh, to medium enterprises and some nonprofits as well. Okay, and again, what what specific aspects of their business do you see that they need the most help in? You know, what, any case studies of uh, you know how you've gone in and made changes and things changed for the better, and what kind of metrics you have? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I can talk specifically to one of the quick service restaurant stories that we have. Uh, they're they're application stack was pretty pretty darn old. It was uh, built off of a Visual Basic VB6 front end and was supported by some C-sharp and ASP code. And uh, their the front end, however, was uh, was the customer facing or member the customer facing applications were built on much more newer uh, technologies. 
and the integration between the two was was suffering. So we helped a lot with the from the integration standpoint uh, through the APIs and everything that we modernized. And the next thing that we did was the the testing cycle was extremely manual. So it was basically click click and then pass or fail kind of thing, right? So we took that and basically automated the overall uh, testing to about 85%. And what that meant to them was their test cycle went down from over three weeks and uh, it came down to about about few hours, right? So we were able to validate builds instantly uh, within their testing life cycle. So developers had the feedback faster and the overall quality of the application went up several, notch, several notches and the production defects came down to near zero. And what were the main drivers of that? Like how, um, how did you accomplish that? So there were several other uh, people that had tried and failed. Uh, and the way that we had approached it was we, we have a custom framework uh, for automation that we've developed. We used uh, literally mostly open source tools uh, on top of which we have our own wrappers. We call them framework plugins and accelerators that we set up and we were able to uh, automate to the extent that we did. The complexities were several. There were uh, many stores and each store can have a different configuration. So it can run into uh, many thousands, five figure, uh, five figures of uh, possible combinations. And uh, we had automated the base and we also automated each one of those combinations through a smart algorithm. So we use some AI to, to kind of uh, get an, an idea of where or what the combinations are. Uh, and generated like a like a general pattern in which the uh, configurations are done, and we we took that to the next level where we were able to deploy that, and we finished it off with uh, most times what happens is the last part of the transaction is either a customer swiping their credit card or tapping their phone, and uh, we actually developed a robotic arm that can automate that process too. So basically, starting from their e-commerce part, which is the web application or the website or the mobile phone, mobile app, uh, all the way through to the back of the store point of sale system, delivering the order there through a smart API, and then uh, finishing off with payment processing as well using the robotic arm. So that was the true end-to-end test. Hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, strong solution. There's a lot of elements to it. It is, and uh, just imagine the the benefits to the business, right? So we're shrinking the deployment and delivery times dramatically. Is that typical, though, that you go that far? I mean, that's like a very expansive solution. You know, what's what's uh, maybe a more typical uh, solution that you'd make? You know, that's that's kind of uh, the space we play in. When we when we work with customers, the first thing we ask them is, throw us your most complex problem, and we'll solve it for you. And everything else after that becomes becomes much simpler. And, uh, and similar stories in the banking, uh, we worked on the on a payment application uh, where it was pretty much unautomatable and uh, we, we automated using the custom framework that we have, which is a mobile app, there's some uh, what you call the QR codes and all that, which are random generated automatically, uh, managing that and processing that. And uh, one of the other complex stories I can think of straight off is, is uh, for a trading platform, which was a near real time uh, trading that had to happen where the validation was being done on an AS400 kind of system, IBM i-series uh, mainframe system. And, uh, and I mean, we, we all know how hard it is to automate mainframes and uh, my team actually came up with the framework to, to automate all of those uh, pieces in real time, validate that and publish the results right there on the screen. Hmm. Um, so, what, I mean, your engagements, are they all custom? Or, you know, how when you first 
when a company reaches out to you for help, like what do they reach out for? What, what's the common problems that they uh, think they have? And then the solution, does it resemble that or does it end up being very different? Like what's your engagements look and feel like? So uh, typical engagements are where uh, they have problems with their test cycles, it's all manual. Uh, they can't get much velocity because of that. Uh, they're, they're getting slowed down because of that. And we start with automation. And uh, what we realized is the natural extension to automated testing is uh, having the CI and CD, which is the core components of DevOps philosophy. And uh, we extend ourselves into that and we start helping people uh, from that standpoint as well. So our bread and butter solutions typically look like uh, automated testing followed by implementation of DevOps and automating most of the processes within the build and release cycles. And what kind of industries seem amenable to uh, your work and which ones, you know, which ones will make your best customers that you've seen? Uh, anyone that has uh, applications that they use to serve their uh, their customers, right? So. So most, most of our customers basically have custom web applications, mobile applications, or packaged applications that they use to serve their business customers or business users better. And uh, uh, my recommendation for someone implementing DevOps would be if you have something that's high, high velocity, high change, high possibility of change uh, in an agile environment, uh, they, they become our, they they're a natural fit for us. And uh, we work with some people, especially in the digital transformation and digital acceleration space, where they have a lot of legacy applications and baggage, but uh, they want to get better. They want to improve their overall customer experience. Uh, we actually help them with that transformation. Uh, we take the transformation threefold. One is the overall processes and upskilling the teams. Uh, two, the technology, helping them select the right technology platform and then implementing it from that standpoint. Was a, that was kind of a three-part approach to that. Hmm. So um, how can companies self-identify that they need help? You know, what, what kinds of things go on and what do they struggle against where, you know, maybe there's a, a, a series of questions you can have them think about, let's say, as they listen to the podcast. You know, what, what kind of things would they run into where they would say, mm, okay, you know, they need your help? Uh, starting with, uh, they, they're starting to see a lot of uh, uh, defects surface in production. They're getting a lot of lags in their deployments or releases. Uh, they're having to postpone releases or they're having to scramble towards the end to make a release happen. Uh, the other thing that I can, I can, uh, I see a lot of people, people actually experiencing is that their developers and their testers and the operations folks, they're on three separate uh, they're not even in the same book. They're in three, three separate islands by themselves. They're having silos uh, in which they work. Uh, breaking those silos is extremely important. So those, uh, those are that is the other typical symptom that we see. And the last thing I will uh, I will leave you with is uh, their releases have to be rolled back. So when you go into production with the release, uh, you often have to roll back because of a severe uh, high criticality issue that showed up. Uh, so. When you're when you experiencing these things, I think the solutions that we offer fit right in. I mean, we can solve all those problems. Okay. So what's the, what's the next stage for your, your work? I mean, again, it sounds highly custom, and you've got a lot of tools you can bring, but uh, you know, where are you taking it? What's going to happen with the company over the next six months or a year? Sure. So our emphasis uh, for the past uh, year and a half, close to two years, has been uh, on the artificial intelligence and leveraging AI and machine learning. Uh, combined with deep learning and things like dialogue flow, 
Uh, to bring conversational DevOps uh, has been one thing that we've tried and we've been very successful with. And the other thing is using AI and machine learning to establish patterns and establish ways to automatically fix your DevOps uh, pipeline problems, right? When, when systems, uh, when the algorithms that we have are deployed, we're able to accomplish uh, automated fixes to some of the standard or known issue types that we experience. We developed a tool called Air, Artificial Intelligence for Remediation, uh, that can easily be deployed. It works with most of the uh, market tools out there, uh, several various combinations that we that we have integrations built in for, and uh, that can be deployed essentially to, uh, to basically fix your problems automatically. And over the okay. next six to 12 months, our goal is to continue in that path, continue down that path, and, and bring conversational DevOps uh, using chatbots and things of that sort uh, into, the, into the market and for our customers. Well, yeah, what does that mean, conversational DevOps? Uh, think of it like a chatbot that you can talk to, ask questions, and something that actually is seeing things or seeing problems that could potentially surface based on the path you're going and make recommendations on the solutions. So the way it works is that it's a chatbot, it's a bot that is integrated into your collaboration tools like uh, Slack or Microsoft Teams, and it's basically uh, following you as a member of your team within within a channel, and uh, it's actually providing solutions to you. It's responding to you when you ask questions. Uh, it's your personal digital assistant that you have conversations with across the uh, engineering lifecycle. Mm, okay. Well, very good. So, what's the best way for companies and individuals to get in touch if they, uh, you know, if they need your help with your solutions you're talking about? Sure. Uh, they can follow our thought leadership series on LinkedIn, uh, on our LinkedIn page, or they can reach out to us on our website. There's, uh, there's contact information that they can, they can obtain, or they can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn if they need specific, uh, if they have specific questions that they needed answers to. My name is Prasanna Singaraju, and uh, they can easily find me on LinkedIn. All right, so LinkedIn is probably the best point of contact initially. They just mm -hmm. have to find out your, your thought leadership contact and to contact you directly. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, you know, thanks for being here. Thank you, Richard. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.